So when we read the story, this is the story of the Savior of the world. The little boy that came from all eternity to become man-God, so that you and I would have the grace of God through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we would all be lost. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for tuning in to Roll's continued year-end focus on Jesus' unconditional love. Today, as you explore how the events of Jesus' birth established His divine identity and saving power, you'll see that He is uniquely qualified to be the Savior of the world. When you turn to Him in faith and obedience, He'll fill your heart with a joy and peace that will last far beyond the holiday season. If you have your Bible, join us in Luke chapter 2 for the lesson, The Newborn Baby. Now, you have to understand that at the time when Christ was born, it was a very bad time. Uh, The Old Testament had not only closed 430 years, had uh, been pending Kind of like in neutral. God had not spoken to the people of God for over 400 years. There were no prophets alive. And then all of a sudden John the Baptist is born. And he's going to become the first prophet. That will actually prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. And Jesus will be the Messiah to the nation of Israel. As they've been not only praying. But they've been looking for the Messiah to come. And as you look at the Gospel of Luke tonight. uh, Chapter 2 may well be the most familiar, beloved portion of the Gospel of Luke. The story is old, but it is ever new, and God's people never get tired of it. Especially if you're a Christian for a long time. Every Christian, this story should be read by every family member. For this right here in chapter 2 is the true Christmas story. So on Christmas, don't read Matthew or John or Mark. Read the Gospel of Luke. He gives you one of the best and most in-depth studies in the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's incredible. What's amazing about Luke is Luke was a physician and he writes like a physician. And when he's describing the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it seems that he doesn't miss anything. Every little detail is written in by Luke, uh, the physician. And so when we read it, You can see how he writes about the inn. He writes about the uh, governor that is ruling at this particular time. He writes how when Mary was getting ready to have the baby, uh, there was no uh, room available for them. And they had to go actually to a stable to have the child. And this is the Son of God coming into the world as the Scriptures have been speaking and they've been prophesying for such a long time. And now here it is, man, the Lord is sending His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And so when we read the story, this is the story of the Savior of the world. The little boy that came from all eternity to become man-God so that you and I would have the grace of God Through His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. 
Otherwise, we would all be lost. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And if anyone doesn't come to Jesus Christ personally, then he or she will die in their sins. And that's very hard to be accepted by people. So many times people are trying to squeeze grandpa or grandma or uncle or aunt or brother or sister or even your son or your daughter. So many times in funerals people are trying to squeeze people into the kingdom of God when they know in their hearts they're not in the kingdom of God because of the lifestyles they were living. I think this is really important that we understand this. That the kingdom of God is a special place for special people. And the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. But the kingdom of God is a belief. Having faith in Jesus Christ. By becoming born again of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Which no one can fake. But it's a step of faith that as I come to Christ. I confess to Him what I am and what I've done. And then through His love and His grace and His mercies and through the shedding of His blood, He covers me for every sin that I have ever committed. One of the most important things is that when people do that, it is hard for them to believe that Jesus Christ truly has forgiven them for every sin they have ever committed. And that is so true. He has. So many times the devil will come along and he'll try to condemn you. It happens to new believers immediately. Because how can you come to a service and just in one hour's time or an hour and a half time, how can you, after living like the devil, all of a sudden, man, as God speaks to your heart and quickens you by the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, man, He zaps you and you become a born again Christian. And God says, no longer guilty, but now saved by the grace of God. No church, no religion can offer that. But only Christ. That's why it's so important that we understand that there's no other mediator between God and man but the man Christ Jesus. And no one can get to the Father, Jesus says, unless you come through the Son. He's the only way, the only truth, and the only life. People say, well, you're too narrow-minded. Don't argue with me. Argue with God. He said it. He said there's only one door... There's only one way, and that way is very narrow, and very few people will find that way. The way of destruction is very broad, and many, many, many go there. That's what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. And so I think of it's important for us to understand that as we study the life of Christ, it's not just a story. But we want Jesus to become real within our lives as we study Him. As we get to know His personality. As we get to know His character. As we get to know His attributes that He has in His life. And as you get to know Him more intensely and more deeply, believe me, you'll become a better person in this world. As you draw close to the heart of God, He will blow you away. That's why there's nothing that can separate me from the love of Christ. Why? When you have your heart close to the heart of God, truly, what can separate you from the love of Christ? Nothing. Not height, not power, not materialism, not temptation, not anything when you're totally sold out to Jesus Christ. 
And that's the story of Jesus tonight. Let's begin by reading chapter 2, verses 1 to 24. We'll come back and we'll expound. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, that all the world should be registered or taxed. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. And so all went out to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his wife, who was with a child. And so it was that while they were together there, that days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloth, and laid him on a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped up in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace, goodwill towards all men. And so it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us not go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has become to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told to them. And when the eighth day were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Verse 22. And now, when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him before the Lord. And as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called the holy of the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. Now you notice how much is in that little story, and yet there is so much that is going on in the story. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Call us anytime at 800-634-9165 or visit us at somebodylovesyou.com. We are here to encourage and support you as you follow Jesus Christ. Later on, we'll tell you how you can order an audio pack with even more insight into God's salvation plan. But first, here's Raul Reese to conclude today's message from Luke chapter 2. First of all, what is incredible about the story given by Luke here for us is to understand the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was divine. Mary and Joseph, first of all, had not come together to consummate their marriage. That is, they had not had any sex together. She was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And when you think of the story of the birth of Jesus Christ as related by Matthew... It is a striking contrast to that of Luke's story. Totally different. Because actually Matthew gives you the story in Matthew 1.18 to verse 25. And that said, here he spends almost two chapters. Chapter 2, chapter 3 to let you know about the story of Jesus and what he did. Matthew depicts Jesus as the king of the Jews. And his birth, the reigning Herod, trembles on his throne. And the Magi's come to worship and adore Jesus and to offer up real gifts unto the Lord Jesus Christ. They were the astrologers. As they were following the gospel written in the stars. They were coming from Babylon over to Jerusalem. Now, when we were kids, you've heard the story about the three Magi's that came to Jesus. Literally, it wasn't three. There were three presents. But in that culture, in that time, the Babylonian astrologers travel sometimes by 70 and sometimes by 200 men in company when they came to Jesus. Not three. 70 to 200 came from Babylon as they were directed by the stars. Coming to let them know that Jesus, the king of the Jews, was going to be born now Luke represents Jesus as the ideal man. And the story is full of human interest. Because Luke is a Gentile. And he's a Greek. And he writes as a doctor. He was a physician. He became Paul's companion when he writes the book of Acts. And it's pretty neat because when you look at the story of Jesus himself. It's describing two obscure Peasants, Mary and Joseph, of no reputation, they're not famous, and they're traveling and journeying from the northern home of Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is probably about a hundred miles that they have to travel by donkey. Imagine that. When you go next year with us to Jerusalem, you will blow your mind when we get to Nazareth and you go to the Sea of Galilee. And we sit up there on the Sea of Galilee on the sermon when the Beatitudes were given. And as we go over to Nazareth, and you'll see the place where Mary and Joseph were. And the traveling distance from Nazareth all the way to the Galilee, all the way to the Jordan, and then into Jerusalem. As you're going up to Jerusalem, it's an incredible, amazing sight when you're there personally looking at that. But you see, all this was already prophesied by the Lord in the Old Testament. When you read the book of Micah, 750 years, Micah the prophet prophesies the birthplace of Jesus Christ. In Micah 5.2, he says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, 
Though you are little among a thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be the ruler of Israel. The word one is capital O and the word ruler is capital R. Speaking of who? Jesus Christ. The one and only ruler in Israel. Whose goings forth are from all and from the everlasting. Why? Because he's eternal. Even though he came out of all eternity and he became man and God. He never lost his deity. He possessed it in himself. It is so sad that so many people do not know the real story. And when they celebrate Christmas, they don't celebrate the same thing that we as believers celebrate here in the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. It's sad. Because you can only celebrate Christmas if you're a Christian. That's all. Because how can you celebrate someone that you don't really know? You can't. It's an impossibility when you read the scriptures. And many people, you know, celebrate in so many ways. We celebrate by putting up decorations and trees. And we have presents, exchange of presents one with another. And of course, that's been made up by tradition. Because that's not really the way Christmas really started. When you go back and you study the real Christmas story, the shepherds were outside. It wasn't winter. It was still springtime. You say, well, what are we celebrating December for? Well, that's the way tradition has been. But for us as believers, we worship in spirit and in truth. You see, we don't worship the Christmas tree or the decorations or the presents. But we worship our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about, Christmas. And so for me, it's exciting that... As we read the story, the story is so real in my heart because there have been so many Christmases now that I have personally celebrated as I read the story to my children. And it's so cool because when you see what the Lord is doing and what He's going to do, even within your own personal life, then you can see the Spirit of God quickening your heart. And it's not a boring day or a boring night. But it should always be excited to get together with loved ones and friends. And just to think about what Jesus Christ did. And what Mary and Joseph had to go through in that particular moment. Right before they had Jesus as the Lord and Savior of the world. Let's look at chapter uh, 2 verses 1 through 7. The first part because Dr. Luke here is going to give us three glimpses into the early years of our Lord Jesus Christ. First of all, we have Jesus' birth that drew Mary and Joseph to the city of Bethlehem. To me it's amazing how God works divinely. How God stirred up Caesar Augustus and Quirinius, the one that was governor of Syria at this particular time. Where he actually got stirred up and the whole country was stirred up for people to be taxed. And God used that taxation to stir up Joseph and Mary to move from Nazareth over to Bethlehem. Why? Because she was almost due with the baby. And the baby according to the scriptures would not be born in Nazareth or the Galilee. He would be born where? In Bethlehem. Imagine that. Everything works by divine appointment. Nothing by coincidence here. Let me give you a little bit of history. 
Concerning the first couple of verses where it says it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. And this census first took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So they all went out to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now Caesar Augustus, whose name was Gaius Octavius, that was his real name. He took the title of Caesar Augustus. But his real name was Gaius Octavius, and more familiar top as Octavian, was the Roman emperor from about B.C. 27 until A.D. 14. He ruled with a rod of iron. His sister was married to Antony, who left his wife Cleopatra. And in the naval battle of Octanium, Antony was defeated by Octavian. And shortly afterwards, both Antony and Cleopatra committed suicide in B.C. 31. They killed themselves historically when you read history. Octavian's great uncle Julius Caesar had named him as his heir. So the imperial throne was a guarantee to him at the murder of Caesar in B.C. 44, but he was unable to make his claim until actually 27 B.C., after the whole thing passed over. In that year, the Roman Senate conferred on him, on his title, by giving him the title Augustus, which means his Augustus Majesty. And then, even though he was very uh, cruel, he was a cruel person, He became a wise ruler and he is given credit for good administration and his vast empire ruling over Rome became a famous name. Augustus Caesar, the ruler. But yet God was in charge because he used Caesar Augustus and the edict that he actually gave to move Mary and Joseph 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to fulfill what? God's word. Not Caesar Augustus. God's word was to be fulfilled divinely, perfectly, as the decree was given. Well, if you don't have a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, we hope you'll take time right now to receive those free gifts of forgiveness and eternal life. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review the message you've just heard, we'll send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. Call 800-634-9165 and ask for the lesson titled, The Newborn Baby. We'd also like to tell you about a resource that can clear up any hesitations you might have about surrendering your heart to Christ. Simply titled Salvation, Rawls' four-message audio series explains the universal need for a Savior and illuminates how God's mighty love led Him to send His only Son. Act now. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 and ask for Rawls' Salvation audio pack. We'll send you this four-CD collection for a gift of $18 or more. Our phone number again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. 
We encourage you to visit our home on the web at somebodylovesyou.com. There you'll find out more about Raul Reese, explore a range of discipleship resources, including books and audio, and link to our social media platforms on Instagram and Facebook. Our website also contains archives of Raul's messages on a variety of topics and books of the Bible. It's a great resource, so bookmark it today, somebodylovesyou.com. Your tax-deductible donations are a blessing to us, and we appreciate your partnership. Join us next time for more biblical insight to lift your spirit and renew your mind as you meditate on the Lord's saving goodness and love. Here's Roll once again with a final comment. Now, when you look at the census, it's really incredible how God's divine hand is on the whole matter. And when you think of what Jesus Christ not only becomes to you and to myself, but the purpose of His coming. When you go back to the book of Genesis chapter 3, 15, and you read of the promise given by Moses at the beginning of the book of Genesis concerning Jesus Christ Himself in His birth. It's really incredible. And the reason is because God promised that the Savior of the world would be human, not an angel, like the Jehovah Witnesses say. That he's an angel, an archangel. Not so. He was human, divine God. In Genesis 3.15, he said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. Speaking of the defeat of Satan. By Jesus himself. Already made the proclamation. Then again confirm in Hebrews 2.16. For indeed he does not give aid to angels. But he Jesus does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Why? Because Abraham prophesied that through his seed. All of the world would be blessed. As Jesus Christ would come through the seed of Abraham. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.